Welcome to Word on the Street, a weekly podcast from Barclays where our experts help ordinary investors make sense of the latest news and events impacting the world's financial markets. This week, we discuss what is driving interest rates higher, when inflation appears to be softening, and why financial markets are banking on economic resilience. With Maya Welford, behavioural finance expert, and Jean-Paul Yeagers, Head of Asset Allocation. Hello and welcome to another episode of Word on the Street. Today I'm joined by JP Yeagers, Head of Asset Allocation, to talk about all things financial markets related, where we'll dive a bit deeper into recent developments with interest and why or why not we should care about this. JP, really great to be speaking with you today. Hello, Maya. Thank you. Since the summer, we've seen interest rates soar again, especially in the US, where, for example, 10-year interest rates rose from 3.8-ish to just over 4.5% now, I believe. So I read financial markets are a bit nervous on where this will end and how this ultimately will impact the real economy. But first of all, JP, why are interest rates so buoyant at the moment? Oh, that's a very good question, Maya. Let's first try to unpick this a little bit on why we see what we see. And secondly, I try to give a little bit more high level uh, context. So first we see, for example, that oil and commodities are starting to firm again. And that's creating that expectations that inflation may be a little bit more stickier and that's getting priced in in financial markets. But there are also elements where we see some comfort. So for example, rents, the most recent CPI prints we did see is easing from quite elevated levels. Because although we're still on a trend where inflation is easing, this does uh, not go in a straight line, of course. And markets paid attention to, for example, one of the recent inflation releases were surprised a little bit on the upside compared to market expectations. So it was a little bit firmer than expected. But this is still in a context where inflation seems to be easing over the next quarters. And we also start to see that, for example, central banks become more confident that we are near the top of interest rates. Uh, we have seen that, for example, the Federal Reserve, the ECB and the Bank of England indicated in recent meetings that they think the hard work and the heavy lifting of increasing interest rates will largely be done. Although financial markets anticipated that the Federal Reserve in the US would start reducing interest rates soon, we did see that the Federal Reserve actually telegraphed to investors that this is not the case. And therefore we've seen that those expectations of future interest rate reductions have been priced out. And if I think about it a bit from my perspective and work within behavioural finance, it's really been an interesting time over the past few months to reflect on how the decisions made by central banks around interest rates have made people feel, you know, feel, feeding into a range of feelings and emotions from fear to optimism to also some apathy as well. I think, you know, people are feeling all the feelings at the moment. Uh, Not too long ago, financial markets were concerned with a potential recession on the horizon. You know, given the speed and extent to which interest had been lifted across the board, and where we see that economic indicators slowed. If we fast forward to today, though, you see that in the short term, at least, a recession is less anticipated. How do you think the economies will weather the interest rate break, JP? Another great question. So the interest rate break on the economy. Here we've seen on one hand that interest rates have been increased quite quickly and to quite a large extent across the board, across central banks. And we do know that central banks operate with a counter-cyclical policy. So that means they ease 
in, in time of uh, that the economy hits a pothole and they tighten economic conditions at time of boom times. But it takes a bit of time for those transmission mechanisms to happen, to really impact the real economy. And we also know that those transmission mechanisms changes from time to time. The same way that there is no recession is the same. So I agree with your observation of the significant change in attitudes that markets have taken towards the economic prospects. So we do start to notice that the so-called soft landing, so that means slowing, that the slowing of the economy is just enough to take the heat out of the jobs market and inflation. And now the widely use of the term economic resilience. So far, the economic indicators points towards this happening. But of course, one has to go through a soft landing to arrive at something that looks like a hard landing. So where the economy slows a little bit faster down than initially expected. So we're good for now, but historical track records of deflating credit excesses in economies by central banks is not great. The majority of the times it resulted in a recession, but as said, they're all very different, those recessions in shape and form. Some have been quite shallow and quite short, while others have been more deeper and lasting. Now inflation is the culprit, so no credit excesses. And here is a rather new problem that central banks face with quite uncertain transmission mechanisms on how this impacts the real economy. Yeah, and I think one thing that is certain is the uncertainty of it all. So if we take all of this together, how does this impact what your team does within asset allocation? So when we consider where interest moves to or indeed settles and whether inflation will come down as expected or not? Uh, well, I suppose that will be depend a little bit on where we look. So for example, when we build client portfolio, investment portfolios, we build them in a way that they should be suitable for a lot for the long run. So be able to withstand many, many potential futures. This here on purpose, there is no real strong opinion incorporated on where interest rates will settle or the exact profile for inflation. Here, there are scenarios, of course, where you will have a 1% inflation at some point in the future. And there are scenarios where you get 4 or 5% in the future. Our aim is to populate investment portfolios in such a way to be able to weather a range of these uh, outcomes as best as possible. It's extremely hard to have a long-run view correct that's not being captured in financial markets at the moment, while at the same time also managing your risk in the portfolio in such a way that you are still very diversified. There's an essence, we say, well, let the strategic asset allocation engine do the hard work and let all the research and analytics come to fruition over a realistic time span by reaping the risk premium in these assets. On the other hand, we also know that economic conditions do vary and here and there we do lean in or lean out of some assets over time if we feel there is a bit more potential for its price to rise or decline. This is not betting your whole portfolio on, an, on a single outcome of interest rates, whether they peak or not, or whether you think inflation will decline or be a little bit more stubborn, but it's just to receive a little bit of extra return by being a little bit more sensitive to the near future. Here we do see that if we think conditions are such for interest rates to rise or fall, that we will adjust portfolios ever so slightly to incorporate this. Here it does matter in terms of the research and the analytics we do and how we lean those portfolios in or out of those assets. That makes sense, JP. And I know that there's so much work um, and thought that does go into it all. So what are some current views and what do you make of the landscape in financial markets for tactical adjustments? A lot of happening at the moment. So we think that we are 
nearing the peak in interest rates. This in the period uh, we have started leaning against the bond market by buying some more bonds into portfolios. At a time where we actually see they're being shunned by investors, the exact peak in central bank interest rates and the exact profile for inflation remains very unclear, but we feel markets have priced in an awful lot. It's priced a world of economic resilience and slightly stubborn inflation. On the more cyclical front, we have been selling some euros and some sterling, first the US dollar, as we think economic weakness will start to weigh on these currencies. And that's something we have seen happening in recent weeks. Thanks so much, JP. So if I reflect back on our conversation today, what you're saying is, you know, stay diversified, invest for the long run by capturing that risk premium, which you mentioned, and not getting too focused on inflation or interest rates. I know that is definitely easier said than done. But also, you know, whenever we see an opportunity to add a little bit of return as economic conditions vary, we adapt to that with humility in mind. So it sounds like it's all come together. It's been a short and sweet episode today, but that's it for another episode of Word on the Street. Thank you. All investments can fall as well as rise in value and their past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. This podcast is not a personal investment recommendation.